This is the City Place Church Podcast. Here at City Place, we build dreams, ignite faith, and establish leaders that win the lost for God's kingdom. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered by the message. Come on, City Place Church. Man, it's always good to be able to worship God and just lift up His name, I tell you. Uh, I want to welcome you today because you are hanging out at our in-person campus. And so uh, I am so excited that you all are here today and uh, we get to worship God, but also we get to lean in to God's word. We have been talking about two words, believing and living. And last week we spent time talking about what it means to live. We said that Jesus Christ gives us life and he wants us to have it more abundantly. Like abundantly goes along with our focus of the year in which we declare that God wants to do above and beyond. And so today we wanna continue on that thought of, we live in a place where we trust Jesus, we believe Jesus because he wants to move in our life and he's the only one that can give us life. And so we're gonna jump into another story today and we're gonna lean into life a little bit more and talk about what it means to live a little bit more. But I gotta be honest with you, today we're gonna to lean in to, to an obstacle that could cause us to not live a Christ-centered life and not live an abundant life. But then we're gonna see by the end that when Jesus steps in, life is always available. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to John chapter 10, verse 10. We're going to review a little bit from last week. We've been, we've been uh, focused on the fact that God over these last three weeks since Easter weekend has been wanting to spend time and minister to five types of people. Those of you who are watching and hanging out who feel like there's so much more in your life and you're not living life to full capacity. God wants to minister to those of you who are life is moving forward, but you feel like there's a void in your life. God wants to minister to you. God wants to minister to those of you who have been hurt and you feel like, God, God, I have some questions and I need answers. God wants to minister to you. There's those of you who have doubts about God and doubts about yourself. God wants to minister to you. And then there's those of you who you came this morning because you want to meet God. You want to have a personal relationship with him and his son, Jesus. And so this morning, I want to invite you and I want to encourage you to lean in with all of your heart. You've set aside this time. You're removing the distractions. Let's see what God wants to say to you today. Let's see what he wants to do. We said this last week and we, we, we've said it because I want, I want us to continue to keep this in our mind. We said that doubt has to be pushed aside. And sometimes the reason why we don't believe God to the fullest is three reasons. One, we don't think God does things the right way. We feel like we might have a better plan. We, we would script it better because we have a certain expectation of how we would want it done. And God doesn't do that. Last week, we talked about how Jesus spit in the blind man's eyes. I don't know if I would have scripted it that way, but that's how Jesus saw it to complete what he wanted to do in that man's life. And sometimes we don't think God does it the right way because we have our own list of how we would do it. And so therefore, if God doesn't do it the way we want it done. If he doesn't do it that way, we get disappointed, we get frustrated, and therefore we begin to doubt. That's an attack of the enemy. Another reason why we sometimes struggle to believe and we may doubt is because, number two, is we tried to believe and it just didn't work. We extended our faith and it just didn't produce the results. We tried and we didn't see an outcome, and so we doubt. 
The third reason is we start to listen to the doubt of others. The things around us start telling us that God doesn't do certain things and maybe God doesn't want to do something for you. And so we spent Easter weekend focusing on the fact that Jesus came to push past our doubts. He's not afraid of our doubts. In fact, he's constantly chasing after us. And that it's going to take you and I risking who we are to grab all of who he is. And so today, I want to lean in just a little bit more. I want to give a shout out to to every single person watching and those of you in our in-person service. Shout out to you. Our in-person service is doing at the movies. We can't do at the movies online because of copyright. We tried to we tried to get it to you secondhand and uh, show you the in-person footage, but we couldn't. YouTube shut us down, but it's okay. I can't wait till we get our own building. Come on, city place. John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that they have may, may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus says, I want to have a clear distinction here. There's an enemy in your life that he steals, he kills, and he destroys. I come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. When I looked up the word life in John chapter 10, and and I'm repeating something from last week to catch us all up, it comes from the word zoe. The word zoe means to be possessed with vitality, to have the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God. Literally, Jesus said everything that belongs to the Father that's essential for your life as you're living life right now, I can give you. He says everything that belongs to God the Father that's essential to your ethical living I provide. So I provide your natural and I provide that conviction that you need. Jesus says, I got all that. I got all that. There's a standard. I got all that. I want to help you walk that out. But then it goes on to say that Zoe life means real life. That's genuine, active, vigorous, devoted to God, blessed in the portion even in this world when you put your trust in Christ, but also after the resurrection so that it can last forever. Jesus says, when I give you life, I give you life here on earth to thrive as long as you stay connected to God. He says, but then I also give you life so that your life doesn't end here. It continues on in eternity. See, when you and I accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Bible says he gives you life. The challenge is, is that sometimes we don't live the full life because we don't live fully devoted and connected to Christ. So Jesus has this full life that he wants to give us. And so many times we live below the standard with the essentials and below the standard of the ethics that he would ask. So just a couple of things from last week that I want to remind us of of this is this, that real life isn't self-driven, but Christ-centered. Real life isn't self-driven. It's Christ-centered. It's what's his focus, what's 
his design? What's his plan for my life as it relates to my relationship with the father? See, God has a design for you to walk out life. But it's Christ centered. The other thing is that real life doesn't begin until you receive the life that Christ gives you. So it's not me living my life. It's not you living your life. And then Jesus is just tagging along. No, I don't live until I walk out the Zoe that Jesus has for us. Which then leads me to today's focus for the day. John chapter eight. John chapter eight. Our team will put it up. It says this. But Jesus went out to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he'd appear. He appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis of accusing Jesus. But Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone. Again, he stooped down wrote on the ground. And at, that, at this, those who had began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left. He was there with the woman. Then Jesus straightened up again and asked her, woman, where are your ones that condemned you? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Neither do I condemn you. Go now. Leave your wife, leave your life of sin. This morning, we're going to talk about real life and the life that Christ gives. The Bible says that Jesus is going to a place. And as he goes to a place, he sits down and he begins to have Bible class. And he starts teaching the Bible class. And as he's teaching the Bible class, the Bible says that some of the leaders of the city and the Pharisees who um, were a group of people who were very, very religious. They did a lot of things outwardly. They gave, they, you know, followed the commandments to the T and they tried to live really, really holy. But they were still waiting on the Messiah. So when Jesus said the Messiah has come, they were like, no, you're not. We know how he's going to come. We have an expectation. And so the Bible says that they are watching Jesus grow in influence and they're trying to figure out a way to trap him because he keeps saying that he is the resurrection and the life, that he's the one that gives life. And they're watching him uh, cause a stir because all these miracles are starting to take place. And the Bible says that he's teaching and people are listening because it's starting to resonate inside of others. And the Bible says that Jesus is teaching. And as he's teaching, they bring in this woman throw her to the ground and say, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. What are you going to do about it, Jesus? And Jesus, the Bible says, does something again that 
uh, I don't know if I could do, but Jesus just kind of ignores them. And the Bible says he bends down, gets low, and begins to scribble in sand. They continue to talk to Jesus, and they begin to scribble, and he just continues to scribble in the sand. And after listening to them question him over and over and over again, the Bible says that Jesus looks up at him and says, the one without sin, go ahead, throw the first stone. And then the Bible says he starts writing in the sand and the dirt again. After some time, the Bible says the stone starts to fall on the ground and the older leaves first because he realizes, oh, there's some stuff in my life. So many leave until the last person standing is Jesus and this woman. And Jesus looks at her and says, where's everybody that would condemn you? I don't know. They're all gone. He says, I don't condemn you either. But he does say this. He says, now go now and leave your life of sin. This morning, I'm thinking about real life and I'm thinking about the obstacle that would block us from real life is sin. Jesus has this interaction with this woman, and in order for her to have real life, he tells her the life that you're living is missing the mark of God's standard. Therefore, you needed to have this encounter with me because I'm not here to condemn you. I'm actually here to free you so that you can live the life that God's called you. But he says, listen, go right now. Don't delay. Leave the life of sin. See, I want you to think about this, and this is our focus for the day. You and I have to be careful that the obstacle of sin doesn't become the permanent obstacle that holds us back from the life that Jesus gave us. I love the phrase here in chapter eight, because Jesus says, leave your life of sin. I looked at the word sin and it means literally this. It means to miss the mark to be mistaken, to miss or wander from the path of uprightness and honor, to do wrong or go wrong, watch now, to wander from the law of God to violate God's law. Literally, Jesus says, listen, you've been living a life where you have wandered from God, you've chosen it. You're living a life of missing the mark. You're living a life where you're void of following the ethical plan of God. Jesus says, go right now. You've had an encounter with me. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to free you so that you can live the life that I came to give those that are not connected to me or to the Father yet. Remember, Jesus says, I came to give you life and I came to give it to you abundantly. The thief comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy. He literally is looking at this woman while everyone is on the verge of killing her because they said the law of Moses says we can kill her now. Her life was about to be taken away because she was living outside of how God created her. She was missing the mark. She had wandered from the instruction and and, and the command that God had given her. And Jesus, instead of kicking her while she's down, he just writes in the. Someone else hasn't sinned. 
Go ahead. See, Jesus literally is like, the enemy's trying to steal your life, but I want you to come. I want you to know that I've come to give it to you more abundantly. Go now and leave your life of sin. See, you and I can can have the uh, you and I can live our life walking with God and we will sin. We're not perfect. We human beings. Come on. We're going to miss the mark. Watch now. The Holy Spirit will challenge us. Don't do that. The minute we go, I'm not listening, we choose to ignore. Or there's some things in our life that we just do. I'm going to do it regardless. Jesus says, hey, listen, leave your life of sin. Go now as fast as you can. Leave your leading your own life. Leave that behind and take on the life that I've given you. I wrote this down because I'm watching Jesus step in and I wrote this down. Write this down. Every one of us deserves a defense. Every one of us deserves an offense. Why? Because everyone matters. Every single person watching today, no matter what you've done, no matter how you've missed the mark of God, no matter how you've disobeyed his commands, he's not, he's not high-fiving the fact that you and I misstep. He's not high-fiving the fact that you may be living a life of sin like this woman, but he is so awesome that he was willing to say, They're focused on the wrong thing. They don't realize who I am. I realize that the person holding that stone is also committing sins against the Father. See, everyone has a right to a defense. Every single person watching today, you have a right for Jesus to step in and say the enemy's trying to kill you and destroy you and steal from your life because of where you are and the life you're living. He's like, no, I want to be clear. I came to give you life more abundantly. And so he steps in and says, I'll defend her. Because she matters in at our in-person service. Uh, they're, 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 we're doing a movie called Bridge of Spies about a guy who was a spy and an attorney that had to defend him. And he stepped in to defend him. And one of the things that he said, he says, everyone is deserving of a defense because everyone matters. See, all of us matter to Jesus. Why? Look at this. I wrote this down because you are crafted and created by the hand of God. God is never going to cast aside his most prized creation, but you and I can choose to live on the outside of him. Jesus says, hey, princess, daughter of God, go now and leave your life of sin. Hey, listen, don't choose to miss the mark. Don't choose to be outside of the instruction and the purpose of God that he has for your life. Go right now. Grab hold of the life and the freedom that I'm giving you now. And realize who gave it to you. Psalms 139, 14 says, I praise you because you made me unique. See, the reality is, is that every one of us will miss the mark. All of us will sin against God. The question is, is will we receive that forgiveness that he gives us and go now from a life of sin? The choice is 
to choose. I'm just going to do this because I want to do it. She was just doing that because it's what she wanted to do. Here's the thing that's getting me. Well, how come they didn't bring the dude with her? He's living in sin, too. But the custom of the day, we're going to bring her first and we're going to deal with him. No, he was wrong. She was wrong. Jesus has a way of stepping in. Because everybody needs a defense and everyone matters. Which made me think about this. Watch this now. You can defend yourself or you can let God defend you. You and I can defend ourselves, or we can let God defend us. See, there's something happens when, when, when things are thrown in front of us. This is what they've done. This is what you've done. This is how you are. There are times in my life where I've, whoo, I'm from Washington, D.C., y'all. So you say something to me, I'm going to say something to you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how it is. Well, that's not good because... I can try to defend myself or I can let God defend me. When God steps in to defend me, he's looking at me at how he created me, knowing that I'm going to miss the mark. And he's saying freedom is available to you. The life that Jesus has is available to you. I want you to take it because if you take it, you won't be driven by yourself. You'll be Christ centered and you will exchange your life for the life that Jesus gives you. I don't know about you, but I don't want to defend myself. Not when he says, I'll fight for you in his word. Not when he says, I'll be your defender. Not when he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Not when he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Not when he says, hey, I've forgiven you of all of your sins. All that I need you to do is just repent and come to me and say, Father, I missed it. Father, I'm sorry. I don't want to defend myself. You don't want to defend yourself when Jesus says, I'll do it. The one that hasn't sinned. Go ahead. Throw the first stone at her. Ma'am, I don't condemn you. I'm not accepting of your sin. So go right now. Take the life that I've given you. Because that gives you the essential, Jesus would say. And it gives you the ethical to where you never have to go back to that life. See, I realize that Jesus is a he steps in for us, even though we're guilty. Romans chapter six, verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is, watch now, eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus said, I came to give you life. I came to give it to you so abundantly. It's a life that's vigorous. It's passionate. It's the life that will allow you to walk out the essential life that I've given you here on earth and the ethical life all of it that belongs to God. He says, if you will exchange your style of living for my style of life, you will be all that I've called you to be. He said, literally, I will step in. Your wage for sin, for not following God, is that you would have to die. But I stepped in, took your place, hung on a cross, rose again so that you can have the free gift of life, eternal life. You can live right now on earth, thrive on earth, fulfill God's purpose on earth, walk with him on earth and then live with him in eternity. He says, literally, take my life because I will defend you because everyone is deserving of defense. 
because everyone matters. The Bible says in the story that the men bring her in. Oh, Jesus, look at this woman. She was caught in the act of adultery. And it got me to thinking that self-righteous people always shout out the obvious. She's an adulterer. Yeah, Jesus, let me repeat it to you again. She's an adulterer. It's the obvious. You caught her. Self-righteous people will always point out what you do wrong. Remember, I told you that when we are walking in sin, we either choose to do it or we didn't listen to the Holy Spirit. The things that we choose. Hello. Things that we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Hello. These people are like, this is how they're sinning. This is how she's living. Your sin, your mistakes, your problems. I don't know about you, but over my lifetime, I have been guilty of pointing out somebody else's faults. Can you believe that they've done that? How many times have you gossiped? Or backbitten? Talk behind someone's back. Talk bad about someone. That's what they were doing. She is an adulterer and therefore we will point it out. I realize that self-righteous people says, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm the authority on this matter. You're guilty. Self-righteous people, they might be right about you and me. They might identify the fact that you are missing the mark. That you're not following according to God's standards. They might be right. You and I, fact of the matter is, we deserve, we deserve the discipline of the father to push us back into place when we miss the mark. We deserve it. But the grace of God stepped in to say the atmosphere of death. Jesus will step in and handle. Like it was the grace of God that stepped in to save her life. It was the grace of God that stepped in to save your life. It's the grace of God that wakes you up every morning. It's the grace of God that allows your sin and my sin to be forgiven. It's the grace of God. We, we, we have to remember that it's the gift of God that gives us eternal life through Jesus. John chapter 15, verse 22 says this. This is Jesus talking. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Jesus literally says this, let's keep going. Whoever hates my father, whoever hates me, hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. Jesus literally says, if I don't tell them that this aspect of their life is missing the mark, missing the, the law of God, they will not know. But now since I tell them, they are aware. There are people around us that you and I in times past, we may have pointed out that is wrong. But if they don't know the standard of God, the standard that God has, they don't have an idea. So when Jesus is going, hey. He that has. No sin, let him cast the first stone. Jesus is like, hey, listen, 
I'm going to deal with her sin, but I'm not trying to just have a bullhorn out here. I'm dealing with who they are individually. That don't mean that we sit by and just let all sorts of craziness happens around us. No, it just means that um, Jesus wants to work in this area. Jesus says, hey, listen, I'm the one that brings the attention. And once I bring the attention, I can also bring the change. He says, but there are some people who need to be aware that they're missing the mark. And once they are aware, let me give them life because they won't have an excuse anymore because I'm the one that gives them life. Religious people preach things like what goes around comes around. I, want, I, I, I was thinking about this word. I don't know if you've ever heard this word karma. Karma literally means you get what you deserve. Whereas grace means you get something better than you deserve. See, see grace is you and I getting freedom when the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. See, we missed the mark, but Jesus wants to give us life. We missed the mark. Jesus says you have forgiveness. We missed the mark. Jesus says just come and just say, I repent. We missed the mark. And Jesus says, I give you my grace. I tell you where you need to align back with the ethics of the father. I tell you where the essentials of your life I will give you. I tell you where you may be missing it. Karma says you get what you deserve. There was one time when um, I was coaching my, my, my son's sport and uh, my team was doing well. They had lined up on the field and uh, my, my kids were ready to go. They said hike through the ball and the referee blew the whistle. I'm like, what are you blowing the whistle for? And he goes, hey, coach, the other kids weren't ready. And I looked at him like, you gave me the ball. You blew the whistle. Let's get going. And, I, and he was like, well, do you want to give him another chance? I was like, absolutely not. They weren't ready. And this is what he, he leans over to me. He goes, uh, you know, what goes around comes around. Excuse me? What goes around comes around. That makes absolutely no sense. So what you're trying to tell me is, is because I was focused in seeing these kids prepared and carry out this play that at some point in my life, karma's going to show up and bite me back in the leg because of this moment? Is it going to be when I'm at Walmart and the item I'm looking for is not in stock? Did he come back and get me? Is it going to be when I, I, uh, I, I'm walking and, and I didn't see the pothole and I break my ankle? When will it be? Because karma has nothing to do with what God designed. God doesn't work on karma. Karma doesn't exist. That's a lie of the enemy. When grace steps in, if I receive the eternal life that Jesus gives me, why would I expect karma to show up when he says, if you will receive the life that I give you. Then you'll walk in the grace and the gift that I give you. Can you imagine karma showing up for this woman? Her karma was she was about to die. But her grace was Jesus stepping in and say, I'm going to give you more than what 
you deserve. See, this morning, I'm trying to make sure that you and I live the full life because Jesus has the full life. And that full life that he gives us says, I, I got to push you past missing the mark, because if I can push you past missing, missing the mark, you're going to miss it from time to time. I just don't want you to live the life there. I want you to live the life that I give you because the life that I give you has everything in it. You will live a vibrant life, a full life, the essentials of life on earth. As you walk out your relationship with God, you will be excited and passionate on earth and in eternity. Like, man, what are you talking about? See, first John chapter two says this. My dear children, I write this to you. So that you will not sin. But if anyone does not. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also all the sins of the world. Literally. Everybody needs a defense. Everybody matters. Grace steps in. And grace says. If you and I misstep, Jesus says, wait a second. Wait a second. I, I really feel like. They may be missing the mark right now. But your honor. I paid a price for them. And I'm pulling them closer and closer to me. And I promise you, I promise you that they won't always choose sin. They won't always choose to live a life. They, I promise you that they will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit so that they don't misstep. I promise you that they're going to grab hold of the life that I give them. I promise you. So the Bible says that we have an advocate in Jesus. I love the fact that the Bible says that Jesus looked at him. Anybody? Any sin? No sin? Go ahead and cast the first stone. See, Jesus has a way of stepping in and saying, hey, I have life available to you. If you're choosing to live this way, or if you're living this way, I want you to exchange your life for mine. See, as, as a church, we are asking God to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, hope, or think. And having a conversation about walking out with God is vital to who we will become. Paul said this, he says, the things that I know to do, I don't even do. <laughs> like one of the most impactful apostles in all of scripture, he's like, the things that I know to do, I don't do. He ca literally called himself. He was like, oh, wretched man that I am. Like, I just can't believe that I, I have Jesus in my heart, but I sometimes misstep. I can't believe like you and I will. will you and I will miss the mark. But watch now. We have to be passionately pursuing the life that Jesus gives us. Jesus says, hey, go now. Don't live the life of the obstacle of sin. Grab the life that I've given you. Real life. Galatians chapter five, verse one says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So let me give you three things and then we'll let you go. Three things and then we'll let you go. Write this down. Write this down. Practical for you and I. Number one, 
Stop, stop faking your freedom. It's time to change. Stop faking your freedom. It's time to change. I, lo I love this quote from Pastor Aaron Burke. He said, the church needs to be a place, a safe place for real people with real issues to pursue a, re to pursue a real God who has real solutions. Like, I think once and for all as a church, you and I, we have to go all in. Let's not lead life our way. Let's be conscious of like, Lord, I know I'm going to misstep sometimes, but I'm going to be conscious on living the full life that you promised me. If you gave me a full life, I want it all. Let's be honest. Let's stop faking and making it look like there used to be this phrase when I was a kid. They say, fake it till you make it. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, don't fake it. Like, let's not fake our freedom. Let's not hallelujah knowing that we're broken on the inside. Let's not, you know, praise the Lord if we know that, 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 that we're not pursuing him with everything that we got. Let's all in this year of 2022, in the year that God does above and beyond, let's go all in. We said this, and I want you to check it out on YouTube. We said if we set the tone for what he wants to do in the spiritual, we see it play out in the natural. Let's set the tone for real life of what he wants to do so that he can blow our mind. Let's get victory in some areas this year. The Bible says in James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Number two. Your struggle is not greater than the sacrifice of Jesus. Your struggle is not greater than Jesus's sacrifice. No matter where we are, no matter what we might face, no matter what we might feel like we're giving up to follow Jesus 100 percent, it's never greater than the sacrifice of Jesus. Told who he wasn't, beard ripped out, spit on, crown of thorns, pierced in his side, hanging on a cross. Pierced hands, pierced side, pierced feet. Beat and flogged. What we might walk through as it relates to a struggle, it's not greater than Jesus's sacrifice. And then number two, I mean, number three, freedom is mine to choose. Watch this, go now. Leave your life of sin. That's the instruction. Walk it out. Freedom and real life is available to you. Choose it. Choose it. You have the gift of real life right in front of you. Choose it. Well, Pastor Damon already got it. Oh, yes, you do. Every single day that you wake up, choose the passion to walk with Jesus. Choose the passion to live 
the vibrant life. Choose the passion to allow Jesus to give you the essential and the ethical. Choose the passion to be vibrant. Choose the Zoe. Choose it. Because in that life, there's freedom. There's real life. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to pray. I want to pray that any obstacle that would hold you back and me back from going after all that Jesus has, we push aside and we choose the life that he has. Over the last three weeks, we've been saying that the burden of God's heart for this season is to cause us to believe and to live. So if you haven't been living life to the full capacity, go all in. If there's been a void, let him fill it. If you've been hurt and need an answer, let him give it to you. If you've been doubting, today's your day to choose real life and believe. And for those of you who said, I'm here to meet Jesus, which should be all of us, let's meet him now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray a prayer. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, he comes and lives on the inside of you. I want to pray for you to receive Jesus. For, for some of you that have been missing the mark, maybe you've been just choosing to live outside of the plan, or maybe you've been, you know you should be obeying what the Holy Spirit's telling you, you've just been ignoring it. Today, I'm letting you know that Jesus is like, hey, leave it and go grab the life that I've got for you. I want to pray for you. So right where you are, those of you, let's go, let's, let's go the second group first. You know you've been missing the mark. You know you've been living outside of the design that God has for you. And you're like, I'm going to leave now because I'm choosing real life. Come on, right where you are, I just want to pray with you. Come on, repeat this after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins. I need you. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your real life. I'm ready. In Jesus' name. Now let's put that prayer together. For those of you who are saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus for the first time or maybe come back. Let's all say this prayer together. It's going to sound like the first one, but let's go all in. Come on, are you ready, City Place? Come on. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that I need you. I repent of all of my sins. I choose to follow you. I don't want to miss the mark. You are my target. I choose real life the abundant life, the Zoe life, the passion that gives the essentials of my life and the ethics of my life that belong to God the Father. I acknowledge Jesus that you died for me and you rose again. And on this day, I choose you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place Church, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Well done. Well done on choosing to live life and pushing obstacles aside. Here's a couple of next steps that I want you to do. Number one, that connection card that I talked about earlier, text the word City Place to 94000. I want you to let us know the decision that you made so we can come around you and send you just a couple of encouragements. And then I want to invite you to get involved in a city group. Our city groups are going on right now for all ages and phases of life. And we want to invite you to come be a part. 
Every one of us needs to be a part of a life-giving community. Why? So that we can become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite you to be a part of that right now. Man, were you challenged a little bit today? Were you challenged a little bit today? Well, as I said earlier, we're going to worship the Lord with our giving. We're going to worship the Lord with our giving. We believe that God's called our church to be a life-giving, generous church. And so uh, because of you and partnering together and trusting the Lord with your tithe and your offering and bringing it to him as an act of worship, we're able to impact the lives of people in our community. And so well done, City Place Church, for who you are. Don't forget about Mother's Day happening at City Place Church. And then the week after Mother's Day, May the 15th, we've got Pastor LaRue Howard coming to lead worship at our in-person service. It's going to be so life-giving. We want to invite you to be a part of that. But let me pray for us as we get ready to go and as you bring your tithe and offering today. Father, we love you today. We thank you that you've given us real life. I pray that as we take our next step in you, Jesus, that we push aside the obstacles of life and grab hold of everything that you have. Father, I honor you for those that said yes to you today. I thank you and I'm grateful that we have an opportunity to share this moment. As we worship you with our tithe and offering, Father, I pray that you continue to allow us to steward it well and to make an impact for your kingdom in our city, in our nation, literally around the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, City Place. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can share with your friends. Take a screenshot, post on your social media stories, and tag us at City Place Church.